It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Logan Couture wins it in overtime. Now here's your host, Ted Ramey. He skated toward his goal. Now headbands to O'Reilly. Only Eric Carlson's back. Falk is up ice. Here comes O'Reilly, veering to his left, making the move on Dubnik. Dubnik challenges and knocks the puck away. Eric Carlson races out with it. Carlson flying. Lead pass. Kane moving in, shooting it. He scores. Evander Kane wins it for the Sharks in overtime. 41 seconds in. The Sharks, three. The Blues, two. Hurt there or not, obviously, we needed a win here, uh, um, you know, but it was nice. And a couple of guys were joking before the game about my, about me putting money on the board for my birthday. Yeah, you know what? I think that uh, it was just a, a great, great way we wanted. I think coming from behind against a good team, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, we had, we had to get that mentality. I've talked about it all year, that 2 1 3 2 mentality. And tonight it was there. I thought that uh, we did some good things in the third period and chipped away. And, you know, our power play, uh, you, you know, it was easy that you could have got. Uh, uh, discouraged. We had a great chance that uh, um, that they made the save on that seam pass in the first power play, but you know our power play got another chance and went out and, and uh, uh, made the difference. So uh, um, it was great to see, and I, it's, uh, it, was, it was some good points to that game. Wow, that was a big one, eh, gang? I was expecting more from the homestand. I think we all were. It did not go the way they needed it to for a number of reasons. Obviously, you look at the loss of Tomas Hurdle for the majority of the homestand, as well as the injury coming to Timo Meyer and some some tough losses in there, including a 7-6. to six. Just who would have ever guessed it? And then you thought maybe this last Friday night they had a win in them going up against Las Vegas. But 2-4-1 and one was nowhere near as good as you hoped it would be, but... For the same token, you could have had it go worse. And you got to give credit to the Sharks for overall having fight at times when things could have gotten out of control. For direct comparison, you can look at the losing streak that got out of control for Anaheim earlier this year that didn't sink them, but obviously has derailed what they had going on earlier, which was some relatively decent play. And now they are trying to reestablish and refine themselves. I mean, things like that can happen. Things snowball quickly and the Sharks, much to their credit, in spite of all the adversity they have faced up to this point of the season, they have been able to not let things get out of control. That doesn't mean that they've been playing up to the level that I think that they're capable of or that they want to, but it hasn't completely gone off the rails. It hasn't turned into something that's just been unbeatable in terms of a downturn because that can happen. You can have a losing streak or you can have a low level of play and you cannot come up with some of those hard fought wins. I mean, I know people have complained this year about some of these overtime wins and shootout wins or, you know, closer games than they needed to be. Those wins that were close did turn into wins. It doesn't matter how you get there. I know we can have these these arguments and semantics about a win, one style not being equivalent to another style of a win. And there is some relative validity to that if you want to get into it. But at the end of the day, if you earn those two points, 
you earn those two points. And the Sharks, much to their credit, have been able to win a lot of these close games, especially that have gone overtime and shootout. I know this was their first overtime win on the season last night, uh, but they had those shootout wins that preceded it, and they've had some other opportunities like this past Friday night against Vegas where they were able to push it to overtime and get a point. I think at this point, the execution for the Sharks has been the main issue. I haven't really questioned their effort at all, and I think that says a lot about where the Sharks are right now because if they keep playing with this level of effort, they've had some nice come-from-behind moments at several points of the year. That, to me, is the most important thing beyond winning. Wins are paramount. Never going to argue with that. But I think that if you watch a team where the fight starts to die off, that is when you start getting concerned, and that's something that we have not seen with the Sharks. I think we saw shades of it last year. I think just because there were so many frustrations built, combined with the expectations, combined with so much weight of the past 15 years uh, that had culminated the year before in another Western Conference final defeat. But that's in the past now, and this Sharks team is living in the present. They're not looking at the playoffs. They're not looking at failures. They are living in the here and now, and much to that credit, you got to look no further than Eric Carlson. Eric Carlson, I recognize 100%, is a polarizing figure among Sharks fans, but everything he did to set up that last goal was the reason why the Sharks signed him to that mega contract. And Eric Carlson, since he was shut down for a little bit to let that groin get healthy, he has looked like a 1,000% different player. He's contributing, he's more mobile, he's more aggressive, he is more everything that you know Eric Carlson is capable of being. And the pass he made to Evander Kane was brilliant. The speed he showed, the burst he had up the far boards to make that happen, that was Eric Carlson that you pay for. And he set up that goal, he made it happen. And then credit to Evander Kane because he got that puck right on his stick, was thinking shoot the entire way, buries it. The Sharks get the two points. They end the homestand on a high point. They go back out on the road for two against Anaheim and two against Las Vegas on a little bit of a momentum note as well. So you look at that and you say Evander Kane and Eric Carlson, EK squared as the Sharks social put it, but those are the best players that are getting the big money, and that's exactly what Bob Bugner has talked about. He needs his best players to play like their best players. Who was getting it done last night? Lost in the shuffle may have been a big goal for Mark Edward Vlasic. Vlasic has come under heavy criticism this year for not playing up to his level. He came through with a big goal for the Sharks last night. We know that he is still finding his defensive game, and it's a battle against the clock with every passing year for him, but he came through with a big moment last night. That should not be overlooked. Again, he's one of those guys that's getting a big payday, and you expect him to perform up to that payday. Like we said, Eric Carlson, Evander Kane, Logan Couture, these guys are all the guys that need to be coming through for the Sharks, and this is a game in which they did. And then what's the other thing that Bob Bugner keeps on talking about? Your goalie needs to give you a chance to win. That's exactly what Devin Dubnik did last night. Dubnik appears to be turning into the 1A guy for the Sharks right now. I have not given up on Martin Jones because I think he still had performances this year that show that that spark and that drive and that ability, it's all still there. I think he's just had trouble with his game for whatever reason, and that's beyond my ability to figure out. But 
Dubnik, for the time being, has been having some really high-quality performances. You kind of have to throw out the 7-6 game because that was just a weird one where the puck was sniffing the back of the net and seeming to be hungry for more for both teams. But Dubnik has been having some good performances, and you have to reward those good performances. They have some back-to-backs coming up, but I'm not going to be surprised if Dubnik is in the net on Friday night when the Sharks are in Anaheim taking on the Ducks. And then the other thing to consider for the Sharks beyond the established high-caliber star-level players like your Carlson, Kane, Coutures, etc., is you're also looking at these younger guys or guys that are proving themselves and developing their game. Balsers was fantastic last night. He had a really, really good game. You appreciated the effort he was bringing. Uh, Dylan Gambrell, he got robbed on a number of occasions and seems like, as Brett Hedekin was pointing out during the broadcast, that he can't buy a goal right now. But you appreciate the play that he's putting out there, the effort that he's putting forth. And then you look at the efforts from guys like Shellman, like Leonard, like Blickfeld. You know that that youthful energy combined with the veteran power that the Sharks have is going to be a big recipe of how they win games. And Balsers for the entire game was active, was skating well, was flying around. He was creating opportunities for the Sharks. And that's exactly what they need for these young players. I talked about it in the last episode about how you have this opportunity now for the Sharks, for these young guys to really try and establish themselves. And it comes up huge in games like this where you get these hard-fought wins that come in overtime or in a shootout. I'm not asking these younger guys to go out there and win these games for the Sharks, but I am looking at them to play a big part in the overall momentum and in the overall efforting we're seeing over the course of 60 minutes. And what you did get from these younger guys, from these establishing players, is overall the effort, the momentum, trying to make things happen, keeping the defense on their heels, It's not on them to hit the back of the net. That is on a Logan Couture. That is on an Evander Kane. That is on, you know, the more established players. But you do look at them to try and pick up the slack everywhere else and overall allow the other star players to do their thing. And that's what the Sharks got. And then you also have to appreciate Curtis Gabriel and what he's bringing to the Sharks. He got into the fight with Clifford uh, just a couple of minutes into the game. He tweeted about it afterwards saying, this was him having to fight me because of their goalies antics last game. Nobody will disrespect this team when I am around and not have to pay up for it. So again, uh, these are some of the things that I appreciate that we're seeing about the Sharks right now. The fight that we're seeing uh, in these guys for each other and even You know, Kevin LeBanc, he got benched last night for the third period after having a rough second and taking some bad penalties. He was still cheering guys on from the bench. He wasn't sitting there and being doom and gloom and being feeling sorry for himself. He was still trying to be an energy guy on the bench and get the team into it. And that's that's what you need on a team like the Sharks right now that has to struggle and fight for every single point. But there is an aspect of this that makes you feel like they appreciate the struggle. I mean, everybody wants an easy win, but the fact that the Sharks have done as well as they have in shootouts this year and getting points out of games, you know, last night, again, the first overtime win of the year, but that speaks to me about their character and the fact that they are willing to come through and fight and force these games and make things happen. They're not getting blown out. That effort goes a long, long way into getting a, your coaches to feel good about you, even on nights where you are not your best. I'm sure Bob Bugner noticed that LeBanc was being a good teammate on the bench, but I think that other teams probably know that the Sharks are going to give them a good fight in any given game. I know the Sharks are not 
what they were a couple of years ago, but they are still a team that I don't think anybody looks forward to playing. They are not, well, the caliber of team that you would expect to find at the bottom of a division. I think that when teams play the Sharks right now, they probably feel that there are a lot of echoes or shadows of the past, and a lot of those shadows or echoes of the past are imprinted in the current DNA that has the Sharks fighting in these games and trying to force points, get into overtime, get into shootouts, do whatever it takes. And for a team that is in last place, as the Sharks are this morning, they are not rostered like it, and they are not playing like it. And it's a point that I've come back to time and time again this year. The Sharks have a roster that will allow them to take strides forward if they get the performances from the top-name players that they expect, A, and B, if these younger guys and establishing players take those steps to more establish themselves. And I think that we're seeing parts of that happen. I think we're seeing part of that plan coming to life for the San Jose Sharks. I 100% understand that the homestand did not go the way that it was expected to. This was supposed to springboard the Sharks going forward, but you had these huge series against Vegas, Colorado, and St. Louis, which that, that's a tough bit of scheduling. There is no denying that. And then you combine that, we also had to go against the Wild, who have been playing really good hockey up to this point. This was a tough homestand for the Sharks, combined with the loss of Tomas Hurdle over the last two games of the homestand as well. It was not ideal for the Sharks, but they still fought and fought and fought and kept themselves in it and were able to earn points wherever they could be earned. And now you feel that you can go into Anaheim and beat a team that you think is beatable. The Sharks should beat Anaheim. I am of that belief. There should not be a series split. The Sharks need to go into Anaheim and beat the Ducks because the Sharks are better than the Ducks. Let's just end it there. And that has to be the mentality that the Sharks take into this series against the Ducks. They should go in expecting four points, two wins, whatever it takes. The mentality for the Sharks, I think, has to get into a little bit more of a desperation mode, and I think that it might start going in that direction as we get later and later into the season, and they need to express a little bit more of that desperation on the ice, especially in winnable games. Too many times this year, and this is a byproduct of the schedule, which has been very weird for the Sharks this year, and it's been just a little bit weirder for them than it has been the rest of the NHL, but I think there have been some winnable games where the Sharks have maybe exhaled a little bit going into it or just taking a little bit of the edge off for whatever reason. And again, this is not me questioning the effort. I think there's just been times where the Sharks have expected the game to come to them as opposed to going and taking the game by the throat. They've got to go in and take these games against Anaheim by the throat because it doesn't get any easier. Right after you play them, you have to go and play a two-game set against Vegas in their building. So that's going to be trouble. You think a split in Vegas is doable, but in Anaheim, you're thinking four points, two games, win them both, four points. Go into Vegas, split those two, six out of eight points on a roadie, then come back home. And again, it's something that I've been talking about. Then you get LA for two at home. Then you go at Arizona. Then you come back home and host Minnesota. Overall, I'm not going to be disrespectful of any of the other teams and say that the schedule for the Sharks is getting easier, but it's not as rough as it has been. And you combine that with the fact that maybe there is a bit of rounding into form for San Jose, that Dubnik can be the guy going forward, that Eric Carlson is finding his game again, that 
Logan Couture is on fire. Evander Kane is on fire. You have Tomas Hurdle returning to the lineup. Timo Meyer had been playing much, much better before he suffered this lower body injury that thankfully does not seem too serious. You get him back out there on the ice. It feels like things are overall trending in the right direction. And that's something that we've been talking about over and over this year. It's the idea that things are trending in the right direction. The, the, the feeling that things are building towards something better. That build or that trend keeps on stalling out. It's the two steps forward, one step back scenario. Sometimes two steps forward, two steps back. The Sharks need to make it two steps forward, no steps back. Two wins in a row, three wins in a row. This needs to happen for the Sharks, and right now is exactly the time for that to happen for the Sharks. All right, we're going to take a quick break. On the other side, we are going to get into some of the post-game reaction from Bob Bugner, Logan Couture, Evander Kane, and Kevin LeBanc after the Sharks' 3-2 overtime win over the St. Louis Blues last night. You're on Morning Tide, presented by Coors Light. Coors Light wants to help you catch a Sharks game from the best seats in the house. Just share a photo of your Sharks at-home game setup to sjsharks.com slash home ice for a chance to win Coors Light Silver Seats tickets, Sharks gear, and more. Winners will be chosen weekly, so post a pic showing how you watch the Sharks to sjsharks.com slash home ice today. 2021 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Must be 21 or older. Celebrate responsibly. a great opportunity right out in front and it was just thrown to the front of a net. Evander Kane was in front of the goal. Logan Couture out in front and the Sharks have tied this game 2-2 and again walking out of the corner. I think Couture is going to get credit for it. He jammed at the rebound. Balsers and Donato were out there and Logan should get credit for this game tying goal. I, I judge it by team success, and um, right now it's not not where we want to be. I think um, you know it, it, this when you look at look back at this homestand as a whole, it's difficult because that first St. Louis game we felt that we we should have won that one. You know the first Vegas game we tie it up late there and would have liked to win that one. So we left a few a uh, few points you know out there, which is disappointing. But uh, for the most part, I thought we competed hard uh, most nights here at home. Maybe took the the night off against Vegas, but uh, we were in a lot of these games and, um, you know, it's tough right now looking back on it because we did leave points out there, like I said, but uh, happy with the way that this one went tonight. That is the captain, Logan Couture, bringing us back in on a Tuesday morning after the Sharks 3-2 overtime win, a come-from-behind win against the Blues. And I like the attitude that Logan is bringing in there because he's not getting too far out over his skis. He's not overly excited. He knows that it is just one win. And that is the mentality that he has to express to the rest of the team. He has to show them they can't just start feeling themselves after one win. They can't say, ah, we fixed everything. No, this is a battle. This is a grind. And the homestand was not nearly as good as they wanted it to be, nor as they needed it to be. But 
He pointed out that they did fight in every single one of those games. The one Friday night game against Las Vegas, or excuse me, Saturday night game against Las Vegas, I think they were emotionally drained. It was the back-to-back after a hard-fought overtime loss before where they got themselves back into the game after a 3-0 deficit, and I think there's always a bit of a hangover when you work that hard to get back into a game and then you still lose. But the Sharks did do well for themselves in fighting for the vast majority of those games. There were some painful losses along the way look no further than the seven to six loss but a team that fights a team that keeps themselves in it is giving themselves an opportunity to get better if they were rolling over if they were getting blown out if they were getting demoralized I think you would feel a lot worse about the homestand uh, going the way that it did you know two four and one but I see a team that continues to fight continues to go out there and put forth good efforts and that leads you to what was last night not just a good win, but a big win. Yeah, huge, huge. Uh, come from behind there. Um, obviously, shorthanded. You know, not to take away from the other team, they're missing a ton of guys as well. But uh, I thought we uh, we competed harder in that third. The first two period, periods, we weren't getting any offense. I think we only had ten or eleven shots after the second. So uh, we were in the power plays and we were able to get a power play goal and then a big play by Kaner there um, in overtime. And this goes back to what we heard from Bob Bugner earlier in the year, talking about how the Sharks have to be prepared to win these 2-1-3-2 games because they're not often going to be blowing teams out of the water. And the Sharks, in a close game, found a way to win. And I think that has to be more of the mentality of this team. When things aren't going well, like Kashur alluded to, the offense was not humming along early on. And both of these teams, this was not a game that was really, it was hard to establish a flow. It was hard to determine which team was kind of taking control of momentum. It was just a real kind of grindy game over the course of the first two periods for the Sharks. And I think that their penalty kill stepped up and did a real good job for the majority of the second period when they were in the box so much. But for the most part, it was just one of those games where it was who was going to grind it out, who was going to kind of put their foot down and really just kind of test their mettle and see who wanted it more. Ultimately, the Sharks wanted it more. You know, in the first period, we fought pretty hard. I mean, uh, neither team, uh, we thought we were maybe a little bit ahead on the chances and we felt pretty good. And then, you know, in the second period, even we were building some momentum there with two or three shifts in a row. And then we just took, you know, um, penalty after penalty and it just sort of... uh, um, it ruined our whole flow. So I guess between the second and third, what we talked about is one staying out of the box, you know, and, and having a day off tomorrow, not playing to Friday and, and uh, you know, trying to get back into this thing. We know we had some tough opponents and it doesn't get any easier with St. Louis. It's just to, you know, leave it all out there and empty the tanks on, on, on the ice for 20 minutes and uh, play a smart home period. And that's what they did. And most importantly, they played a clean third period. They had no one going into the box while they earned two power plays and they capitalized on one of them with the goal from Logan Couture. And that to me was the Sharks buckling down and recognizing the moment that you're down 2-1 in your last game before you got back out on the road. You are playing a good team, but you're playing them blow for blow at this point. You're down by a goal. One shot gets you right back in it and gives you the opportunity to A, either win it in regulation or at least B, send it to overtime. The Sharks put in the necessary work. And you had, again, 
Big performances from Dubnik making saves. You had your best players coming through with big plays over the course of the game. And you had younger guys like a Rudy Balsers having a great game from start to finish. Yeah, I just got finished saying the same thing in the coach's room when we were, uh, you know, as soon as the game was done. I thought he was our, uh, um, you know, our best forward tonight. I thought every time he got on the ice, he used his speed. He, uh, you know, he was on the puck, uh, had some chances. I think that, uh, um, you know, he's he's getting better. He's gotten continuously better since he, uh, you know, he came over to us. And, and uh, you know, he's, he's, building, uh, he's building his game and I think he's uh, uh, building his identity. And that goes a huge way in the Sharks earning a win because the development of the younger players combined with the high-level performances of your best players, that has to be the balance. The Sharks are not a star-driven team right now over the course of four lines. And especially when you have big-time players like Hurdle and Meyer out, guys who you are relying on for offense, that means the younger or establishing players have to do that much more, have to be that much better. And I thought that you did get those big step-up performances, and you've been getting it consistently over the course of the year. And we've seen a lot of that talk talking about how if the Sharks want to call this year a success, it's going to be dependent on the development of a lot of their younger players. And I think we're seeing signs of that. Again, you're not relying on these guys to get it done, but what you are looking for is slow but steady progress in their games because the more they can do, the more that allows your top players to do. And if you get contribution across the board, if you get clean play across the board, that allows everyone to have a good game. And Bugner talked about getting that contribution across the board from a lot of your younger players. Yeah, there was, uh, uh, you know, sometimes you look at the board before the game and you try and go through your matchups and, and, you know, that's one of the reasons that we put Neats up on that line, uh, um, you know, early in the game, we thought with his, you know, his experience and, and uh, you know, being a, a bit of a stronger guy in that uh, and physically in that uh, regard that he would help that line. And I think it did. Um, but yeah, just, you know, sometimes, uh, um, you, you gotta let these guys learn and you gotta let them play in situations and, uh, um, you know, even if there's mismatches, um, they're figuring it out and we're trying to, to help them along the way and, and, and correct mistakes and be positive with them and, but also hold them accountable. So it's a, it's a work in progress. It will be nice when, when, when hurdle and team will get back, obviously everybody falls back into their slots and where they should be playing. Um, and our matchups look a little better. The one thing that sticks out in this game is the benching of Kevin LeBanc throughout the third period after he took those two bad penalties in the second. And again, Bob Bugner, pretty prudent here. And when he decides to do stuff like this, he decided to take LeBanc out of the game and he clarified why after. Well, I think the, the message was sent with his, you know, me, me sitting him for the period. I think that, uh, you know, I talked to him earlier in the game about working away from the puck. You know, I even showed him a couple clips on the bench in the iPad and uh, just he wasn't uh, wasn't engaged enough. I didn't believe that he could help us tonight after what I saw. And, uh, um, you know, someone else was going to get that opportunity. We have to, uh, you know, have accountability in our game. And then, you know, for me, that starts with uh, um, for, with ice time. And I didn't have any problem with that. One of the things Bob Bugner has been very good at doing this year is knowing when to press the right buttons. He has taken some criticism from some in the media this year for being too honest. I don't have a problem with any of this. Bugner, again, he played. He is not that far removed from his career. He still remembers and he knows how to push those buttons. So when you see him making these moves, when you know that he's going to take LeBanc out of a game there, why he's taking him out of the game, I should say, you have to imagine he's doing that also because he wants a big-time response from LeBanc the next time he goes out on the ice. He needs to tell LeBanc that his, his performance has to be that much better. 
LeBanc didn't like the penalty, but he understood what his coach was doing. I just think they weren't happy with my game. So they did what they did. And uh, yeah, that's that. It's the past and uh, move on from it and uh, get ready for the next game. And he was asked about what he needs to do going forward as a result of this benching. Just chip it and go out. We'll go to work. Uh, keep it simple. When uh, I took that penalty, obviously, both those penalties, it wasn't ideal. So that's it. And uh, chip it in and go get it. And Cooch was asked about, in terms of message sending from Bob Bugner, if it ends with him or if he, too, as the captain, has to have a talk with LeBanc. Um, I think Kevin knows. Yeah, I'm sure we'll have a, a talk, but uh, he's, he's smart enough. I mean, just a, one of those nights where, where nothing really went his way. And, you know, it happens. It's it's going to happen again um, for someone um, throughout a season, you know, Banker was, was positive on the bench cheering guys on and, um, you know, he'll, he'll be better next game. And, and we know that. And the Sharks need to be better next game. And a big part of that will be whether or not Tomas Hurdle is back. We know that he was undergoing the cardiac clearance testing following his COVID infection. And Bob Bugner talked about that yesterday before the game. But Cooch talked about what was a disappointing homestand, but also how things can improve if they do get Hurdle back. Uh, I don't think we, we're happy with it. You know, we're, we're far back. I, I don't know what the standings are after tonight. I don't know who else played, but uh, we've got ground to make up. We know that. Um, you know, Tommy's a big piece of our team, and losing him for 14 days plus is, is difficult. You know, he plays in all situations, penalty kill power play, and a lot of five and five minutes and takes a lot of faceoffs for us. So we definitely missed him. Uh, we're looking forward to uh, hopefully having him skate back with us on, on Wednesday. Fingers crossed if all things go well and, and go from there. I said last time that this was gut check time for the San Jose Sharks because they had come off a bad loss against Vegas on Saturday night. You had Sunday off, and then you come back up against St. Louis last night, and the Sharks did check their guts, or however we are interpreting what they did last night, and came up with a big win. They had to fight their way back into it. Down one nothing, down 2-1. They rally for an overtime 3-2 win. Now it is time for them to take this next step. It's what they have not been able to do all year. Build momentum. They have not been able to win those back-to-back games. They have not been able to carry the success of one game into the next. And now... In an opportunity where you're going up against Anaheim, a team I view as a beatable team for the San Jose Sharks, a team that they should expect to beat, this is the opportunity for them to carry and or build momentum, however we're viewing this, from one game to the next. Far too many times this year, they have not been able to carry over one game to the next. Now, if they do believe that Dubnik is the guy, put him in net. Give him the defensive reliability that he deserves. Give him the offensive support that he deserves and go on the attack mode from the start of that game. We've been waiting and waiting and waiting for the Sharks to bury a team and get an easy win. There is no better time than right now for that easy win. All right, that wraps it up for this edition of Morning Tide. We get a couple of days off before we're back at it on Friday night. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off. Mackenzie McKechnie has that short-handed goal against the Sharks. Goes to Clifford on the right. Across the line, he had McKechnie driving the center lane. Through the puck in his direction, but a hit escape. Sharks back the other way. Vlasic's up bites. Move in. Shoots. He scores! jumped up into the play when he saw an opportunity and he wrists it up high and beats Huso. And Vlasic ties the game one to one with his first goal of the season.